This is LBC News. Prime Minister Liz Truss is in the United States of America just now. She flew over to New York. She's taking part at the UN General Assembly in all the various meetings and presentations there, but taking the opportunity to have a number of bilateral meetings with other world leaders, conversations she didn't manage to complete in the run-up to the big funeral yesterday. Uh, One of those conversations is with US President Joe Biden. She has got some FaceTime with him. One of the things they will not be talking about, though, we're told by the British side, is a UK-US trade deal. Why does that matter? It was kind of one of the big promises of Brexit, wasn't it? Let's bring in Simon Marks from the USA. Good morning to you there, Simon. Morning, um, I wonder what the Biden Trust talks will be about. Well, I mean, they will talk about a US-UK trade deal in the sense that Joe Biden is expected once again to say to a British Prime Minister, in this case, the new British Prime Minister with whom he'll be holding his first face-to-face meeting, that there can't be one if the US government believes that the Good Friday Agreement is going to be threatened by whatever the government does with regards to the Northern Ireland Protocol. We are still very much where we've been for many months now, uh, and that, of course, is a standoff over first Boris Johnson, now Liz Truss, uh, making threats to tear up the Northern Ireland Protocol, uh, because the Americans say that would lead to the prospect of threats existing to the Good Friday Agreement, threats to the existence of peace uh, in Northern Ireland, and uh, as the guarantors of the Good Friday Agreement, because remember the Clinton administration uh, spent substantial resource back in 1998 making that agreement happen, the United States President and the United States Congress take exception to that idea. So uh, essentially the message from the US side is, as it's been for a while, you can forget about a trade deal with the United States unless and until you resolve the issue of the Northern Ireland Protocol to Washington's satisfaction. And by that, they mean there have to be good faith negotiations with the European Union. This can't be unilateral action taken by the British government. Now, Liz Truss has been outspoken about it. She was on the hustings when she made an appearance in Belfast as she was battling Rishi Sunak for the Conservative Party leadership. Uh, She says she's hit back at the United States, particularly uh, at Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and has made it clear that the UK has the sovereign right to uh, make its own decisions. So this is a very complicated conversation. There may be, in the back of Liz Truss's mind, certainly the possibility that there's big change maybe coming in Washington in a few months' time. We've got the November midterm elections. By the time January rolls around, Nancy Pelosi may no longer be Speaker of the House of Representatives. There may be a Republican filling those shoes, but there's no guarantee the Republicans will be any friendlier to the threat of unilateral action over the Brexit protocol than Democrats. It's possible, I suppose. I mean, Ursula von der Leyen is over there at the General Assembly as well. It's possible a conversation there, and we're getting this message, Simon, from the UK government sort of spokesperson, that it's a bit like that barnacles off the boat phrase, where they want some of these big contentious issues. If the Liz Trust administration is going to be successful, they've got to concentrate on three or four things. It's probably growth, growth and growth, if we believe them. So maybe, just maybe... Some of the real politique comes in this, and this big fight over Northern Ireland, which she talked up, as you rightly say, during her campaign, will just quietly get sorted. 
Well, I think this is one of the reasons why the American side took the view that it was uh, not going to be productive to try and hold that face-to-face meeting in London uh, over the weekend ahead of the Queen's funeral. Uh, I mean, the White House argued that there needed to be more time for a more substantive conversation than a brief uh, hello and a handshake uh, in the hours leading up to the funeral was going to allow. Uh, And uh, so certainly uh, there's an opportunity with so many uh, international figures gathered in New York for the United Nations General Assembly. And remember, Joe Biden uh, had to push his speech back to Wednesday from Tuesday because of the uh, sort of behind-the-scenes scheduling frenzy created by uh, the Queen's funeral being on Monday. But there will be an opportunity for uh, those conversations. There are other important conversations, of course, for Liz Truss to have uh, with the President of the United States and also with the European Union, and that includes Ukraine. Uh, I mean, as she flew in to New York, York last night. Uh, Reports emerged that in her speech to the United Nations General Assembly, she's going to unveil uh, another £2.3 billion in expenditure on military aid to Ukraine. That certainly sends a signal to Ukraine and also to President Biden that she intends to be as fervent a supporter of Ukrainian sovereignty and the Ukrainian fight uh, against Russian aggression as her predecessor. And that's important uh, for the Biden administration. Uh, There's also other issues that she's got to deal with. She's got a bilateral meeting later today with French President Emmanuel Macron, uh, at which the talk is going to turn, obviously, to Ukraine, but also to uh, the issue of migration. And that's got the potential to be a somewhat complicated conversation after, on those hustings, Liz Truss uh, said that she wasn't clear yet whether Emmanuel Macron was (laughs) friend or foe of the the, uh, United Kingdom. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a busy and uh, complicated coming out party for Liz Truss at the United Nations, uh, but one that inevitably uh, had to occur, I think, uh, now that the Queen's funeral uh, has passed. I mean, suddenly, uh, attention is going to be back on the political transition that has taken place in the UK. I suppose these are all politicians, aren't they? And every politician may say something slightly unfortunate about an international figure which they'll come to regret. Do you think... And President Macron actually has been extraordinarily complimentary to the United Kingdom um, with the passing of the Queen and spoke of it very well. Um, It's possible, I suppose, again, that uh, maybe they can reset things and uh, by having a face-to-face meeting rather than just hurling insults into the ether, uh, things can get along a little better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was magnanimity being uh, exercised and displayed by Emmanuel Macron after that uh, comment on the hustings. Uh, I mean, look, one can go back to all sorts of tensions in the relationship between London and Paris. General de Gaulle often had dreadful things to say publicly and privately uh, about British prime ministers that he had to deal with, and they were none too uh, thrilled about having to deal with him on many occasions. So, look, this is a... Uh, I mean, I think that everybody understands that there may be a little bit of offence to mend in that conversation, but it's really going to be the substance uh, of the discussion, and particularly uh, what uh, Liz Truss communicates to Emmanuel Macron uh, about this sort of record number uh, of small boats carrying migrants that has been crossing the channel uh, over the course of this year. I mean, that is a substantial issue, as everyone there knows, 
between uh, the two governments and finding some kind of common ground or advancing some kind of common ground on how to deal uh, with that issue is politically very important for both sides. Uh, so this is, uh, I think, that meeting with Emmanuel Macron is due to take place uh, this afternoon. They are also, we are told, going to focus, of course, on the uh, Ukrainian crisis uh, with the buzz phrase being used that they are going to insist that Russia must not be allowed to succeed in Ukraine. And, you know, the backdrop for that conversation, of course, has been those astonishing Russian losses over the last couple of weeks as the Ukrainians have taken back territory seized by the Russians and uh, revealed what they say is fresh evidence of war crimes uh, that the United States government has already described as repugnant. Uh, And that again raises the question of how on earth do you deal with crimes against humanity that may have been committed by the Russians, the European uh, Commission presidency currently in the hands of the Czech Republic. It's rotating, uh, of course. They're calling for an independent sort of Nuremberg-style tribunal uh, to be set up. There are other voices that say it's a bit more complicated than that and this needs to be much more carefully thought out, but everyone seems to agree there is a need to collect evidence of those war crimes on the ground. That may be another, uh, those alleged war crimes on the ground, that may be another uh, facet to the conversations that take place behind the scenes in New York over the next couple of days. And just to compare cost of living stuff, it's a big story here, Simon. How's the Marx family um, (laughs) fuel bill doing? I saw something about the president bragging about um, gas prices, as in petrol prices, have come quite have come down quite a lot, haven't they? Yeah, gas prices have definitely come down. I mean, uh, we're now below the four dollar uh, a gallon. Um, sticker price here in Washington, D.C., and that is uh, true, I think, for most parts of the country. I think the average price of gas has now fallen uh, below $4 a barrel nationally. Um, but there are obviously fears about how sustainable that is as we head into the winter. Some of that has been created by the release of oil from America's strategic uh, petroleum reserves that President Biden authorized. Uh, you can release oil from the strategic petroleum reserve, but if you release release it you've got to replace it because otherwise if you keep releasing it the reserve was <laughs> no reserve run left dry. so i mean <laughs> exactly. that's a potential issue as we head towards winter i mean more broadly uh, prices are rising here still much higher than either the government or the markets would like uh, inflation year on year in august was 8.3% we learned that figure last week worse than the markets anticipated wall street suffered an absolute rout once again i mean in terms of the market, household i can tell you that we like to order takeaway every now and again from a pan-asian restaurant down the road from us and last time we ordered about 10 days ago i noticed that every single item on the menu had been jacked up by three dollars across the board for every single item so uh, you know we may be ordering less fewer things on the menu Simon, uh, but there are bigger <laughs> issues for people in parts of the country with fewer resources than we have yes. in terms of figuring out how they are going to eat heat and provide gas for their cars, petrol for their cars, as we head towards what is going to be still here, a very uncertain winter. We have that in common, indeed we do. Simon, thank you very much indeed. Simon Marks reporting live from Washington, D.C.